I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Self-awareness. Self-awareness is the nothing personal word of the day. And I'm talking about Chris Sale, Chris Sale, the pitcher for the Boston Red Sox, who about 40 years ago got hurt during spring training and had to have Tommy John. Feels like four years ago. I was reading this article about Chris Sale and some of the comments he said, and I had completely forgotten that he had Tommy John only a couple of months ago. We talked about it on Nothing Personal. We went through the arm injury. Remember, he had the flu back in early spring training. And I said, quote, unquote, the flu. And now maybe he's got the antibodies, which we don't know. I don't know if whether he's taken the test. But he may have been the first. He may be patient zero of COVID-19. Because I just thought that his arm was hurting. Turns out his arm was hurting, came back. We predicted he'd miss some time during the season. And we were right. He ended up having Tommy John. And I completely forgotten about it. One of the strange sort of effects of the pandemic and of quarantine, we know we don't know what day it is. We don't know what month it is. We don't know what the date actually is. I'm also having a hard time remembering sort of temporal issues. When did this happen? That it, When you're in baseball for 18 years, that is very common, actually. Hey, what year was it when you had Gerald Williams on the team? And you think back and you literally can't remember, what, what year did you trade Josh Beckett to the Red Sox? Oh, that must have been at the end of 05. So big ones you can think about. You know when you won the World Series. You know when you had a new ballpark open. Sort of the big moments you remember the year. But little events, a little trick that we would play in the front office is we would show ourselves old team pictures without the names on the bottom. So without seeing names, just a team picture. So a team president, a GM, they can't, we, they, we, that's not a dollar, Coca. We can't name every player in a team picture only a couple of years after the team picture is taken. So go back and look at a team picture from 2002, first year at the Marlins, maybe 50%. It sounds crazy, but it's true. So Chris Sale was in the media and I just didn't remember what his situation was. I knew that he had signed that extension. He signed a five-year, $145 million extension. And boy, did we give John Henry and the Red Sox some crap over that because they did it prematurely. They had premature speculation on how good Chris Sale would be. So they gave him the contract. Now he's making $30 million this year not to pitch. So Chris Sale gave an interview and he said, listen, I want everyone to know, be clear, quote, on my end of it, I'm not missing any games that everyone else isn't missing. So plus I'm not getting paid. So no one can call me an overpaid a-hole right now. So that's funny because people would generally call him an overpaid a-hole, whether he's pitching or not, because it's hard to comprehend $30 million to play baseball, especially when you're a pitcher. You pitch 30 starts a year. That's a million dollars to start, whether you go four innings, let's say you go eight innings. Let's say you go eight innings, million dollars, 
that's about $125,000 a start an inning. 125K an inning. That's about 40K an out. Hey, struck out. Hey, I just bought a Brightling. Hey, that's a P5. That's a pop out. I just bought a car. Hey, ground out six to three. There's another four to five Ks. It's pretty good. But yes, he's not getting paid because no players are getting paid. But that's not exactly true, Chris, because you do know that you got an advance on your salary. So the owners gave $170 million to the union to give out. Everyone, let's say, got $250,000 for April and May. It's not bupkis. I mean, it's not a lot of Breitlings or Panerais or Martin Bronze or Ulysses Nardens, Gerald Gentas, but it's not nothing. So I was wondering why Chris Sale would say that uh, he's not getting paid so no one can call me that overpaid guy and I'm not missing any games that everyone else isn't missing. It made me realize one of the bottom line issues about PR and players. And that's what I wanted to talk about a little bit, just to mention it. Players are incredibly sensitive about PR and how they're perceived and what people say. Even ones with a very strong uh, veneer. Coca, is that the right word to have a strong veneer? Veneer, I think, is what you do when you cover your teeth. I don't have my, you can't even see my teeth because of the beard challenge. But people pretend that it's water off a duck's back when they get criticized. But players are sensitive. They're people. It's not a lot of people I've met over my career who actually take criticism either by a manager, a GM, a president, an owner, a fan, a heckler, a newspaper man. They get sensitive. I think I mentioned before that players actually count the number of times they're mentioned in pregame psych-up videos or seventh-inning psych-up videos. They look for highlights and pay attention to how often they're in it, and then will come to a – they won't go to me or the GM. Instead, they'll actually go to the in-game operations guy and say, hey, I want to be in the video more. It's just interesting that Chris Sale would choose this time, but he wasn't done. He wanted to say that, you know, I'm not getting paid, so don't feel sorry for me that I'm not able to play. I've got Tommy John. He then talked about the Astros scandal, which was interesting because the Astros scandal, in theory, could have cost Chris Sale a ring in 2018, 17, 18. This is a moment, folks. I'm having it right now in front of you. The Nationals won in 19, the Red Sox won in 18, and the Astros beat the Red Sox in 17. I think I'm right, Coca, but confirm it. So get on that. Get a, Wake up. Get on that. So in game one of a World Series that they lost, Chris Sale got hit around, and he thought the Astros were stealing Suns. But he came out and said, I have no problem toward Alex Cora, the manager of the Astros at the time, the bench coach of the Astros at the time, who then became the manager of his Red Sox, his manager when they won the World Series. He said, I've lost zero respect for Alex Cora. Really? Trying to think why that is. Well, the relationship between pitchers and managers is pretty extraordinary, actually. And the relationship is based on how much faith does that manager have in that pitcher? Because pitchers in general don't have a lot of self-awareness. Pitchers, in fact, they want to stay in the game. Houston beat the Red Sox in the A-Dig. Hold on. Coke is giving me the facts. All right. Let's get this straight. I'm going back. Ready? Coca, start recording now. Welcome to Nothing Personal. Word of the day is self-awareness. Turns out the Astros beat the Red Sox in the ALDS in 2017, three games to one. Obviously, they beat 
the Dodgers in 2017 in the World Series because the Astros are in the damn American League. This is it. This is what happens like on a random Wednesday when I'm just, there's something a little off. And Coke and I talk before the show. We go over the show and he'll say things to me. Um, hey, uh, you all right? You look a little old. You feeling all right? And he'll have me go through some verbal exercises and thinking that'll get my brain going. Well, Houston beating the Red Sox in the World Series would not be getting my brain going, though this season with all the craziness, maybe that could happen. In any case, Chris Sale got hit around in game one of that 2017 series when all of that trash can banging was supposedly going on. And Chris Sale's saying, listen, I've got respect for him because when I want to stay in a game, when I think I've got some arm strength left and I can get some outs, he's going to let me stay in. And that's what I like. I want to be in the Hall of Fame. I need to accrue innings. In any case, why did Carlos Beltran get fired by the Mets? Carlos Beltran was a player with the Astros in 2017. He was named in the report. He got fired by the Mets because the Mets felt that he could no longer command the respect inside a clubhouse. He had never managed a game. And the feeling was, even though he's one of the most liked players of all time, the feeling was the, the distraction that he would cause, the inability to actually go in to a new clubhouse and command respect. It made me wonder at the time they got rid of him. Maybe they didn't have to. Maybe the Red Sox are just going to wait for Cora's suspension of one year to toll, and then they're going to get rid of their current manager, Ron Renneke, and bring back Alex Cora. Because if you're already making $30 million, by the way, Coca knows me so well. He just said, by the way, why don't you tell the listeners the name of the Mets' new manager? Because you know Ron Renke's the manager of the Red Sox who took over for Cora. You know that Beltran got fired and it came down to Eduardo Perez who didn't get the job. And I cannot for the life of me, it, it's not Terry Collins because he got fired. And I'm absolutely despondent. This is not because I'm old or not on my game right now. I literally can't. Oh, Luis Rojas. <laughs> Felipe's son. The new manager of the Mets is Louis Rojas, who's Felipe Alou's son, just different name, but it is his son, Moises Alou's brother. We did some segments on it, maybe on CBS Sports HQ, maybe here on Nothing Personal. I've told you all that once a show is over, if you quizzed me about a Nothing Personal show, an hour after it's done and I've recorded it, I would have a hard time remembering some of the topics because as you know, and I've been honest, we do a breakdown. Coca gives me some pronunciations of names which I still get wrong, which is funny. And so we have it on, I'm showing you on YouTube, on, the CB, on CBS's YouTube, where we just write down some topics, some quotes, some minutes, and then we move on. By the way, if you're listening to this, thank you for downloading, subscribing, and tell some friends about nothing personal because we have fun every day for 45 minutes. Why wouldn't we? End of month mailbag bonus pod coming. Please go on Apple, rate and review if you've done it. Thank you. If you haven't done it, please do. Apple Podcasts, rate and review, and then write a question in the review, and I'll get to it during the mailbag pod that records and gets released the first Saturday of next month. I have no idea why we do that. There's all these great metrics and statistical analyses of why we do what we do. We're going to record at 12.30 p.m., and we're going to have it uploaded at 1.17 p.m. Central Time because during the pandemic, we have a feeling that that's when most people with 17 kids living in six rooms are listening to the show. 
And those people are working out in the new gyms when they're not sanitizing the equipment and trying to stay six feet away. They actually take the time and listen. So we want to make sure we have it up on YouTube to get the maximum number of hits or views or watches. I have no idea what. That's not my job. Kokich always says to me, by the way, having him as a producer is critical. You know that. I talk about him. I need it. Um, I need him to help me because I can't do this alone by any stretch. But we have this sort of relationship where when he tells me what I need to do, I just do it. And he says, just be better. That's his famous line. Let's be great. And if you can't be great, let's try harder and be better. How are we doing so far, Coca? It's Louis Dam Rojas. Anyway, I wonder why Beltran... Cora, it's all very strange. Chris Sale, not much self-awareness. Don't think people want to be reminded that you're in the first year of a 31-45. Okay, we got some more MLB stuff that we have to get to. There is an issue. We wrote the article on CBS. It came out. It was very well received. I found it. I was thankful that people read it. It was my return to play plan. Say that six times. My return to play plan. 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 I just proved that I could say it five times and hold my breath, which means I don't have any sort of diminished lung capacity. I got sent a pulse oximeter. I don't know, Coca, if you saw the tweet I sent. People are using these pulse oximeters to make sure their oxygen level in their um, in their lungs are okay. It's not very expensive. It was gotten off Amazon. It was sent to me by who else? Obviously, my mother. And it takes your pulse at the same time. It's like a finger thing. You stick your finger in, which, by the way, that's a Wednesday. You stick your finger in, you get your pulse and also your oxygen level. So I sent a tweet out that I'm sure people were wondering, what is that? And it had 99 and 41, 99 being 99% of your lung capacity is working. I guess the other 1% was left in college. And 41 was my pulse at the time because I was not yet worked up by anyone about things that were going on during the course of today, yesterday, or tomorrow. So... If you don't have a pulse oximeter, what we used to do in the office with Coca and Ruben and some of the other guys is you have to hold your breath for 20 seconds because that means you're doing okay. So every day we were holding our breath, but now I'm still in quarantine. I'm not holding my breath, but I am getting my pulse and oxygen level taken. There you have it. So MLB, we did the article. We went through what, what it is to come back. By the way, now I can't even say what it was. I get it was the return to play plan. But there was something that we didn't cover that has gotten some attention that is uh, worthy of a full explanation. There is a concern that there will be players who don't want to play even when, and I'm using when, even when there is an agreement between the players and the owners on economics and on health protocols. What do you do with those players? Do you suspend them? Do you say, I totally understand? Do you pay them? Let me break it down from my perspective, how I would treat these players and what has to happen. Literally, it has to happen this way. Back when this first started at CBS, they were very good about telling us at HQ, hey, listen, if you're not comfortable right now being in the studio, then we got to let you go home. If you can work from home, great. If you can't work from home, we're going to have to address that. They were great about it. Some cajoling it may have taken, but they were great. Someone tested positive. Maybe someone knew someone who tested positive. Yada, yada, yada. Here I am, quarantined, 
in the home studio. Office is closed. Broward County shut down. It's now reopened on a, on a run this morning. I noticed that people were in restaurants, some with masks, some without. All waiters and waitresses and servers were in masks. People were sitting maybe three to four feet apart, not the full six feet. I'm not sure. Is six feet a magic number? Is it four feet? Time will tell, obviously. But what do you do when someone comes to you and says, you know, I'm negative. I don't have COVID-19, but I'm just not comfortable. Mike Trout has come out and said, my wife is pregnant. She's very concerned about COVID-19. And I'm going to the hospital when she gives birth. Hard stop, period. I will be there for the birth. By the way, it's the first child. This is no Daniel Hudson situation where I tweeted that he should get back to the LCS and pitch for the Nationals. It's not about that. This is about Mike Trout saying it's my first child. I want to be there for the birth, and I have no problem with that. This is about MLB and its initial health protocol saying that if you are exposed or test positive to COVID-19, if you have it, you are immediately quarantined and isolated for seven days, not 14 days, or until you have two negative tests in a 24-hour period. That's the initial suggestion by baseball. Doesn't exactly follow CDC guidelines, which still calls for a 14-day quarantine, which coincidentally is one day fewer than if you're put on the IL in baseball. The injured list used to be the disabled list. I call it the 15-day you've been disappeared, yet you still get paid list. So Mike Trout could go on the injured list. That's fine. You miss, let's say, in two weeks, you're going to miss 12 games, 13 games. Out of 81, that's like missing 26 games in a full season. Do you like my math? That's almost a month. So that means that Mike Trout's paternity leave will not be two days or three days. It'll be about a month, the equivalent of a month. Unless, of course, he goes to the hospital, watches the baby get born, counts the fingers, counts the toes, checks the oximeter, makes sure his wife is good, sees whether or not an episiotomy was necessary. Yes, no, maybe so. Everyone's healthy. Move along. Leaves the hospital, takes the test, fine. Do we then let him play? If they're employees who are married or living with healthcare workers, first responders, do they get a pass as long as they keep testing negative? These are significant issues, and we haven't even gotten to the money. Mike Trout making $30 million in half a season, $15 million. Let's just say it's $30 million for 162 games. That's $15 million for 81 games, right? Are we okay, Coca? Okay. It's about one and a half million for eight games. Keep going. It's about 750,000 for four games. Let's keep going. It's about 375,000 for two games. We're at about a buck 80. Do the math. You have a calculator. I'm saying a buck 80, buck 90. Am I right? Come on, Coca. It's an app. What's 30 million divided by 162? My Lord. I don't think, I think he's off the show. This is what happens when we're not together. I can't see in the control room. I can't see what he's doing. Last, last, yesterday, I can confirm he was mowing the lawn. Today, he's just gone completely silent. Forget it. You know what? I don't need you. I'm doing it myself. I'm online. I'm on the app. It took me two seconds. Here he is, 30 million divided by 162 is 185, 185. So 185,000, $185. Was I close doing the math in my head? It felt close. 
So does Trout get that money paid to him if he decides not to play because of COVID-19? Not that he's positive, because he doesn't feel comfortable. My answer is absolutely not. Absolutely not. I give you the right not to play, Mike Trout. But you don't get to have your cake and eat it too. If we come to an agreement that your union agrees to, you are a part of your union. Listen, if there's no season, I get it. But if your union comes to an agreement and you voted against the agreement, but the agreement passes, sorry. That's like if you don't agree with the CBA, you vote no, but someone votes yes. Sorry, that's your new CBA. If you don't agree, if you vote for the losing presidential candidate and your candidate doesn't win, does that mean that the new candidate's not your president? He is. She is. They are. You've got to play if there's a way that it's healthy enough to play and it's been approved and the games go on. I'm going to get such ats at David P. Sampson. DMs, people feel free to DM. That's fine. But let me ask you this. Let's say that you are a player like Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts has one year, $27 million. It would be his full salary for the Los Angeles Dodgers. He then becomes a free agent at the end of this year. He's obviously despondent because he didn't sign an extension. And now, believe you me, no matter what the economic deal is with the players and the owners, trust me, free agency is going to be different moving forward. But in any case... I'm Mookie Betts. I'm going to be a free agent, and I need to have a good year. I want to have a good year. And, ooh, I got a little tiny thing. I got a little thing in my shoulder. Normally, I'd play. I just I don't feel it. And I don't want people at all to think that I become less effective and have that hurt my free agent contract even more. So, therefore, I'm going to pull the C squared. I'm going to pull the COVID card. Hey, I'm not too comfortable. Doesn't feel right. But still pay me my salary. Forget it. And this isn't just baseball we have this issue. What about service time in general? What about players who are just entering arbitration? Where if they don't play and they get put on a disabled list or an injured list, they get service time and they then can earn more money next year. No. To me, if you don't play because of COVID after there has been a health protocol that has been accepted, you go on the restricted list. You know what the restricted list is? That's where we put players who disappeared, who wouldn't report, who violated their contract. And you know what we get to do to them? Not pay them. Not accrue service time. You're not going to game the system. Just like you don't want owners to game the system, which I agree we do. At least I tell you where we do. I didn't at the time, but now I do. We game the system when we manipulate your service time. We game the system when we call you up. We game the system when we send you back to the minors so we can put you on the minor league disabled list, not the major league disabled list, so you get your minor league rate without service time. We game the system when there are, uh, um, oh my God, what's the word when, uh, hey, if you get 500 at-bats, you get a $100,000 bonus. Incentives. Hello. Hello, darkness, my old friend. By the way, it is total REM to my left right now. I don't know if you can see it because if I move the camera, I'll fall. It's the end of the world as we know it. There's a storm coming in either out of the south, the east, or the north, or the west, and it has become end of night. It's like 9 o'clock at night. I don't know if you can tell how dark it just got. So if you hear a lot of rumbling and tumbling, it's like Ted. It's just God's thoughts. 
That's from Ted Coca. By the way, landing this plane is going to be absolutely impossible, but I'm going to have to get to the fact that we did a lot of manipulation as ownership. I've told you about it. Players are trying to maybe manipulate because of COVID, but it's not just baseball. There's a team in the Premier League, and it's called... Hold on. (laughs) If you're watching this on YouTube... I'm now putting on my glasses. If you're listening, I'm putting on my glasses because Coca wrote it. It's called Watford. Watford. Watford's a team in the Premier League in the EPL. There's a captain, and his name is Troy Deeney. Troy Deeney has announced that he will not return to training this week out of concern for his baby son's health. As you know or may not know, now you do or now you will. Premier League clubs reached an agreement on Monday. That's football. It's, it's our soccer. It's their football. They reached an agreement on Monday. Players will return to training on Tuesday, which would be yesterday, in small groups. There were three players who tested positive, so there will be other players who will not go to camp. But Deeney is healthy, but he doesn't want to do anything that would put the health of his unborn baby in jeopardy. I'm all in. You want to miss spring training? Be my guest. But Watford is ranked... 17th on the table. And if you're ranked 18th on the table, you don't get to eat at that table. Is it 18th or 19th, Coca? I can't believe I totally didn't remember which one it is. It's called relegation. So the top, let's just say the top 17 teams get to stay. When you're below that, you get relegated and that's real money to the owner. That's a significant issue, relegation. I did a whole pot on that with uh, Mike Ryan and uh, uh, of the Levitard show, we talked about relegation, whether or not that would work in baseball or other sports to get rid of tanking. Relegation is a serious thing. If Troy Deeney decides to sit out matches, there's nine matches left out of 38 for Watford, and they've got to get above the relegation. His son is five months old, which means his wife is not pregnant. Why did I think his wife was pregnant? Was I thinking about Trout? Okay, so Trout's wife is pregnant. Deanie's got a young kid, and the wife is concerned. What's going to change then? Hold on. Redo this entire thing. There is a player for a Premier League team who's in danger of getting relegated, and he has a five-month-old son, and he's not going to return to training out of concern for his born son's health. God, am I going to come off as callous? I'm not trying to be. If the son has a pre-existing condition, I want to talk about that because it's not that I'm the devil, but if his son is like many five-month-olds, thank God, hopefully yours, where he's up all night crying, he's healthy, you got to do your job. Now, if he's willing to not do his job and then not get paid, that's something the MLB is going to have to deal with. That's something the Premier League is going to have to deal with. Here's his exact quote, Coca. Do you know what would have been awesome if you had this quote in advance? All right, here we are, nothing personal. We're starting again. Self-awareness, word of the day. A guy named Troy Deeney has said he's not going to return to training this week because he's got a five-month-old son who has breathing difficulties. He said, my son is five months old and he's had breathing difficulties. I don't want to come home and put him in danger. You've got to drive in your own kit. You can't have showers. Then drive back in the same dirty kit you've got. If I'm putting my clothing in with my sons or my missus, it's more likely to be in the house. I I get that. But 
If his kid did not have breathing difficulties, then everything I said in the previous five minutes stands. If there's a player who has no pre-existing conditions, no one in the family, to me, those players have to play or else they do not get paid. If you've got a son who actually has breathing difficulties, and I don't mean because when babies cry so much that they can't breathe. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> ah! That's not a breathing difficulty. That's a kid who's crying so hard that it goes silent and you freak out that you think your kid is having breathing difficulties, but it turns out he's just about to wail and he's getting his little tiny developing lungs ready. I'm not calling out Troy Deeney. I'm not calling out Mike Trout. I'm just giving you the facts about what owners have to do. If your team is going to be relegated or your team like the Los Angeles Angels, who, by the way, frankly, would rather have the season not played, if you ask me, if you ask Sardi Moreno and he told you the truth, they've got to find a solution of what to do with players who won't play because of COVID. My answer is you restrict them. We can do exceptions on a case-by-case basis, working with the union, put some players into categories. There are players who are type 1 diabetes, players who have lost spleens. There are players who are greater risk. But if the union in general agrees to new health protocols, that means put on the uniform and get back to work. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So you want to talk to Samson. Did MLB give players an ultimatum of either taking a pay cut or waiting for fans in seats? Hmm. That's a good so you want to talk to Samson. I like that. So you want to talk to Samson? You're in my... Where are you? You're in my Twitter. David P. Sampson, you DM me questions. It's so you want to talk to Sampson. And the question was, did MLB give players an ultimatum? It was reported on somebody's Twitter account that the MLB has given a document or it could have been an email because emails are now being leaked or it could have just been a conversation where an ultimatum was given saying, listen, either you take a pay cut or we're not going to play until fans are allowed in the seats. Your choice It's up to you. What's the likelihood of that having happened? About 150%. Except I take umbrage with the word ultimatum. When you're negotiating with somebody, the only ultimatum you give is if you know for sure that you will not go off of that position. So when you're negotiating with a player, And they ask for five years, you offer four years, and you say, 
if you don't take four years, we are walking away guaranteed. And if you end up giving or giving a fifth year team option or giving in and giving the player a fifth year, then anytime you give another ultimatum, basically all you've done is you're the boy who cried wolf and agents will never believe you again. When you're negotiating with anybody right now, owners with the union, you can't go around throwing ultimatums, even though the economic issue of these players taking pay cuts is an absolute must. The reason why you don't give an ultimatum that says either you take a pay cut or we're waiting for fans and seats is that's not how this ends. And the owners are smart enough to know that that's not how this ends. Because pay cuts can be framed in a lot of different ways. You can talk about deferrals. You can talk about what is the rate of pay per game, trying to get as many games in, changing the rules for double headers, where maybe the players will make more than they expected when they were prepared for only an 81-game season. There's a lot of different ways to skin a negotiating cat. And the ownership through Rob Manfred, the commissioner, and his top lieutenant, Dan Hallam, way too smart to give an ultimatum. Now, John Heyman, who is the person who tweeted it, who gets a lot of information from Scott Boris, as you know, Scott Boris is an agent who has zero power in this, pretends he's got all the power, pretends he's not dealing in self-interest when he leaks out all of his plans and what he wants to do trying to get the union to do what he wants to do, trying to get his players to say things. All of the Boris players are out there being pretty public and pretty private. But the reality is that the absolute real negotiating going on between the top people in the union and the top people at the commissioner's office, it's more likely that it was a presentation, either oral or written, that said, we don't have any other options. Pro rata just doesn't work without fans. Forget what the document said, even though we legally believe the March 26th agreement was plain in its face and in its on its face, that if we had to play a season without fans, we have to start renegotiating what your pay cut will be. The players believe the opposite. None of that matters anymore. There's all this political and, and wrangling and all of this hatred back and forth between players and the union and, and, and the owners and the commissioner over what this document said Randy Levine, the president of the Yankees, did an entire interview waxing poetic about what the document said from a legal standpoint because he's a lawyer. It doesn't make one bit of difference. No one gives a tinker's damn what the document actually said. What matters is the reality of 23 owners agreeing to do something and 50.1% of the players voting to agree to the changes that 23 of the 30 owners want to have happen. That's all that matters. You listening and watching to Nothing Personal know the facts. You know clear as day that 23 owners out of 30 are needed to vote anything. A new owner, a rule change, anything that happens, 23 out of 30. Expansion, new divisions, relocation, change of ownership, anything, 23. You know because we talked about what unions need. They got to vote, 50.1% have to vote in favor, and then the CBA becomes ratified. It's a good question. Did the players give it? My answer is it doesn't even matter. If it were, if it had been perceived as an ultimatum by the players, does that make them react to it differently? If it had been presented not as an ultimatum, but as sort of an olive branch saying, listen, we're in a pickle here. I don't know what to do. 
because we either have to have our employees take pay cuts, meaning the players, or we have to sit around and wait till fans can come back while other sports are going to be playing without fans. Let's talk. Let's converse. Or the approach was, listen, I'm telling you right now, if you don't do this, we have nothing to talk about. They would never do that. I watched an entire series, literally an entire series this weekend or yes, I finished it. I finished Waco yesterday. This is a different one. It's called Hollywood. I want to review Hollywood for you. I didn't even know that I wanted to watch it and it was suggested to me by somebody. And he said to me, please watch Hollywood. You love movies. It's very manageable. And it's however many episodes, I can't even remember. It didn't even matter to me. 10 episodes, seven episodes. I think Waco was seven. Waco may have been six and Hollywood could have been 10. Whatever it was, I watched it all in a row. Hollywood was seven. It's about 1930s and 1940s Hollywood. It is about the drug use, the homosexuality, a bit of McCarthyanism where uh, people were on the list, names were mentioned. It's all about sort of what goes on when you're trying to make a motion picture. It's about prostitution. Rock Hudson, who is a very famous actor who was famously homosexual. I believe Rock Hudson died of AIDS, which was a shock to many people. And it wasn't due to a drug situation with blood. It's because he was homosexual. I believe that's why he died. And I believe he did die of AIDS. Rock Hudson appears in this. I had not heard of one actor. There's someone named Darren Chris. Apparently, the, the Chris I think of when someone says Darren Chris, I think of, is that the guy who's the drummer in Kiss? But I'm sure that's a different Chris. This is a guy who'd been in a bunch of other shows. Ryan, Ryan Murphy is the one who did it. Patty Lapone is in this playing an older woman. Reminds me of a Vita. I don't know why. Did Patty Lapone play a Vita at any point? Whatever the case is. People are telling me they don't want to watch Hollywood because they don't want to watch something from the 1930s or 1940s. And my suggestion to you is if you love entertainment, give this limited series a try. It is very well written by Brian Murphy, and he had a few helpers. It is perfectly acted. You feel as though you are in that moment. And it, it's not about, for me, how old movies look where you say, wow, that doesn't look real when they're driving in the car. It looks like they're moving scenery behind them on a literally on wheels, not like it is now. There's no sci-fi action. There's no fight scenes. That's not what movies were about back then. This was the beginning of the talkies. And remember, there used to be silent movies, and then there were talkies. And what, what I love about it is that when they're showing a movie being filmed, they show it in black and white. But when they show the director and the actors off off stage and all of their meetings and talkings and parties, that's all in color to remind us that, listen, movies were done in black and white, but it was a color world. I never really thought of that fact. When I think back to the 1920s or 30s, I actually think about it in black and white, which is so bizarre. I had a bit of a epiphany regarding Hollywood, the series thinking to them, it wasn't black and white. It was color. But to me, it was always black and white. <laughs> it's funny. Hollywood, watch it. It's worth it. Take the time. ML Beer Challenge, it's day 66. 
Now, you may think time's moving backwards because yesterday I said it was day 68. I have no idea how I was so asleep at the switch and how I couldn't even count from one day to the next. Beth McConville is my assistant. I've, I inherited an assistant in 2002 when I came from Montreal to Florida, and her name was Patty, who is a great woman. She's, she is uh, still around, still friends with Beth, and I very much, very much liked Patty, and I met her, and when you have an assistant, you have to develop a rapport, and one of the first days, and I've never told this story, Patty, if, you, if you're listening, hey, this is a real story, and uh, I'm just going to tell you. So Patty was my assistant for day one, and uh, I walk into the, she had worked for John Henry, who was the owner of the team beforehand. And I walk into my office. My office had been used by the vice chairman, a guy named David Ginsburg, prior to me having it at Pro Player Stadium. So I walk in. Believe me, if I had some sort of COVID-19 sanitization situation, I would have asked for that because the thought of someone sort of using an office that I was using, I used the same chair. I didn't bring any new furniture, nothing. So Patty, without asking, a phone call came back then. The phone was ringing and I would get a call sheet with the calls. And Patty said, okay, the following people called. Do you want me to call them back for you? And I said, no, I'll take care of it. There was a lot of stuff going on. And she said something like, and Patty, I'm not mad, but you said something like, well, what did he want? Or what's this call going to be about? And I said, oh, we got a problem. I'll let you know when I need your help in that way. But otherwise, I'll make my calls when you make your calls and maybe the twine shan't meet. So I went to HR and I said, I'm going to need a different assistant. So it was suggested to me that I meet someone named Beth McConville. Beth McConville had only been a name on a piece of paper of employees that who we were inheriting when we moved from Montreal to Florida. We didn't take any of the baseball employees that were in Florida. We fired all of them because we wanted all of our baseball employees from Montreal to come with us to Florida. But all of the office employees who were already in Florida, John Henry did not take them with him to Boston. He left them. They were all going to get fired or be kept. Beth McConville was an assistant in the baseball operations department. She worked for the CFO for a while. I was introduced to her. And now 18 years later, two and a half years after I'm even out of baseball, she and I speak every day. We work together every single day. Without Beth, I I couldn't function. I literally couldn't function. So Beth called me up and said, by the way, uh, today is not day 69, which I thought it was. She said, it's actually day 66. I said, no, you must have miscounted because there's a weekend. We count those weekends. She said, David, I listen to every show. I take notes on every show and you have it wrong. Turns out I was just wrong. Coca didn't get it. Catch on. I didn't catch on. It turns out today is ML Beer Challenge day 66. You were right, Beth. Day 66, we're given to a charity that I feel near and dear to. It's called the Challenged Athletes Foundation. This is a charity that gives limbs and other athletic equipment. I'm on the board of it, full disclosure. I've raised lots of money for it and given lots because what we do to help physically challenged athletes, it's just simply phenomenal. However, the Challenged Athletes Foundation, like every foundation, has done some pivoting During this time of COVID, they are doing more to help out in their community. They're based in San Diego. 
They are trying to take care of employees who would be impacted by COVID-19. And I want to give this $1,000 as part of the ML Beer Challenge Day 66. We're growing the beer to Coca and I are growing it till MLB opens. We're giving away $1,000 a day for 100 days. Today's the 66th day. Challenge Athletes Foundation, all credits to the people who run that foundation. It's a difference maker. Go check it out. If you've got 19 extra dollars, go online. Look at Challenged Athletes Foundation. It will, uh, it's a life changer. Thank you to all the people involved in that. And thank you, Beth McConville, for just being you. ML Beer Challenge, day 66. Wait to see. Do you remember I said wait to see is the type of thing where we have, uh, we'll tell you things that we think are going to happen and either they happen or they won't, but we're going to revisit them. I bring it up every show for a reason because the more I watch and the more I listen to sports radio and sports TV and talk radio and talk TV and podcasts, I realize that accountability, one of my favorite words, it's in the crapper. No one cares. I do. So I'll go back and I'll revisit wait to sees and I'll come back and I'll tell you about them. I didn't have this as a wait to see, but on an April 30th show, I said, and that was two weeks ago, I said there is no way that NBA games will be played all at Disney World. I said that because I actually believe that. And I'm not going to go back on it. But the report has come out today that I just want to mention because I'll be accountable even when it's not a wait to see. A report is out. Doesn't mean it's true. We've shown quite a few times on Nothing Personal that reports are not worth the paper they are written on or the tweets they are tweeted on. A report that Disney has emerged as a front runner for sight of the NBA. So I guess you'd bring all 30 teams in the NBA, no families or maybe families. You'd keep the parks closed because the parks are going to be closed. You keep people in the hotels, maybe open up the room service. There's a ton of different courts, no fans. You get some cameras in there. We know we watched the last dance. Michael Jordan had pickup games under a tent. I guess you could play NBA playoff games under a tent, maybe all training camp. Maybe if there's some teams, you could be at home. Orlando will be used just as a road show. I just don't like the bubble idea. Maybe for playoffs, you could say for a round, but the NBA playoffs, that's a two-month affair. Is every single member of the playoffs going to come to that bubble? Is every single member going to get to bring their families? I'm going to up the ante on this, Coca. I'll do the wait to see. I had a whole wait to see. We were going to do a whole segment. I got to do it tomorrow. It's too good of what happened at the University of Kentucky. When it came to the cheerleaders, we're going to have to talk about that tomorrow. Come back to nothing personal. But for now, my wait to see up that ante. There's going to be no bubble at Walt Disney World for the NBA playoffs, even though it may be good for business. Nah, there'll be too much personal involved. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. 
Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.